0: Welcome to the Self-Taught Illustrator podcast. My name is Natasha Polizenko, and I'm here to prove that you do not need a formal training or background in art to make it as an illustrator. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, encouraged and uplifted in your illustration journey. Let's do this. Hello, hello, it is good to be back again. This week I'm going to just dive straight into the episode, no small talk. And I just have to start off by saying apologies in advance for the clickbaity title. I promise you this episode is not going to be as slimy as it sounds, but as you may or may not know, my whole purpose is to help you all out in your creative purposes. And we all want to get paid so that we can do more of what we love. And so that's why in this episode, I want to talk to you about some ways that you can get people more excited about your art and more likely to purchase it. So I came across a recent survey that that broke down the big motivators for people who buy art. And I thought it could act as a good framework to sort of set up our chat for today. And if you're interested in looking at this survey, I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, Just to give you a high level brief overview, here are the five motivators listed in the survey that I'm going to expand upon in this episode. So first we have emotional benefits. Second, we have social impact and patronage, then we have value potential, there's identity status and lastly social aspects. So the first motivator that I want to talk about now is the emotional benefit. So this is a no-brainer and probably is the first reason that pops into mind when considering why people buy art. Uh, If people have a passion for art, they're going to buy it, right? Uh, Well, yes, this is true, but as artists and illustrators, we need to dig a little deeper and understand those individual emotions and which of them our art is responding to or evoking in people. So as we dive into some of these emotional benefits, start to think about your own art and if it does or could evoke any of these emotional benefits in people. So firstly, we have nostalgia. Now, this is a big one. A lot of people will get art to memorialize someone or something to help them remember a time in their life or a romanticized moment in history. These kinds of buyers can gravitate to anything from commissioned portraits of loved ones, their pets, a drawing of their family home, or at least something that reminds them of it. Uh, a painted landscape of their home country or their favorite holiday destination. Perhaps it's fan art of their favorite video game as a kid or a beloved arcade game. So you get the idea. There are a lot of people who will specifically seek out art that helps evoke these really strong positive emotions. Okay, so love is another one and this is closely related to nostalgia. Basically the same kind of art applies. Portraits of loved ones, pets, favorite movies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, people are always looking to celebrate the things or people they love through the art they buy. Another emotional reason is rooted in the desire for comfort and satisfaction. Humans are hardwired to create spaces and environments they want to be in, and more often than not this is their home where they live. Putting aside the motivation of nostalgia and love, there's also a whole subsect of people who are looking for art that will complement their decor, fit their aesthetic, and complement their overall vibe. Uh, And this is super uh, subjective, and what brings comfort and satisfaction to one person won't be the same for another. But it is worth noting that when it comes to buying art to complement a room, there are certain trends at any given time that dictate the kinds of styles of art that are being purchased. So that's all to say, if you're the kind of artist or illustrator who creates work to sell on Society6 or Etsy, it's worth taking a step back and considering, is this the kind of art I or someone would want to hang on their walls, or even dive in and do some market research and try to figure out what it is that people are hanging on their walls. Having a target audience in mind and delving into their mindset and motivations is always a good idea. Okay, so now that we've talked about emotional motivation, let's talk about the next big motivator, and that is social impact and patronage. Now there are a few different subsects that fall under this category. Firstly, we have people who specifically choose to buy from the artists and creatives that they follow in order to support and celebrate them. A lot of these buyers will honestly buy anything that the artist creates. It's for this reason that platforms like Patreon have popped up that really help connect artists to their fans and allow them to create an impact um, from the people who were really eager to support in the first place. Another subsect of this social impact and patronage motivation is the desire to help and contribute to certain charities, social, or even political initiatives. There are people uh, out there who like to vote with their dollars, so knowing that some or maybe all of their money is going to a cause they believe in can be a huge motivator for people. This is a really great way to help drum up support for your art, especially if there is a cause that you yourself want to support through your work, Pledging to support a certain organization through your proceeds or even just highlighting and championing certain causes can generally help buyers connect with you, as well as giving you a sense that you're doing something meaningful through your art and illustration. Okay, so the next motivator I want to talk about is value potential. And basically, this is the idea and motivation that the art purchased is an investment and that it will raise in value and will provide a monetary return. Uh, Traditionally, you will see this buyer in museum and gallery spaces, people who buy and deal in fine art, where the notoriety of art of the art and artists are such that the prices are expected to increase over time. Uh, You'll also see collectors who scout out artists that they see as up and coming. Uh, They may be at smaller art shows or even going to art school exhibitions to scope out who they think will be the next big thing interestingly though the rise of nfts has brought this mentality of art raising in value to the digital world um so without diving too much into what nfts are um, i do have another full episode on that if you want to learn more but basically nfts are minted Um, in discrete editions and can't be infinitely replicated so this means that you're able to really own a digital piece of art and that price can increase over time there are a bunch of collectors who specifically buy nfts for their ability to turn a profit on them not because they're interested in the art or artists themselves it's all about the money for them I would like to quickly interrupt this episode for an ad sponsored by none other than me, Natasha, AKA Natashko, the creator, host, and editor of the Self-Taught Illustrator. I want to use this quick opportunity to ask you to rate and review this podcast. It really helps more people discover this podcast, which in turn helps me and keeps the podcast running. So if you like what you hear and want to continue to hear more art and illustration chit chat from me for years and years to come, I would be beyond grateful if you could help me out with a rating. I may even shout out some of my favorite reviews in the next episode so feel free to drop in your handles in there if you like to. Thank you in advance and thank you to all of you who have already supported me. I'm so grateful. Now back to the episode. And that actually brings me to another thought. Whether it's NFTs or physical art, collectibles are also strong motivators for purchase. Often the idea is that the stronger and larger the collection, the more value it will have later on down the line. Alright, the fourth big motivator that I want to talk about is identity and status. Now, for different people, this may mean different things. So, for example, the person that is super concerned about appearing affluent and wealthy will purchase art that signifies as such. So think about the person who owns a real Picasso, all the celebrities that are buying the Bored Ape NFTs for upwards of a million dollars. These purchases are really gestures that allow them to flex and show people just how rich they are. For other people, rather than being a symbol of wealth, their art purchases can also help communicate certain aspects of who they are and what they believe in. So this may be related to what I was talking about before in terms of purchasing art that aligns with your social or political beliefs, but can really go much further to describe and communicate who you are as an individual. Uh, As an artist, if you want to appeal to people like this, it is important to really niche down in your subject matter here. If you're creating art that feels super specific, people will feel as though it applies directly to them and they will be more likely to purchase as a means of expressing themselves and their individuality. Okay, now the final motivator I want to talk about is the social aspect. That is being part of a scene of like-minded people. Now, this motivator is all around helping people to feel like they are part of a group or a club. Uh, one example that I can give is the art of Takashi Murakami, whose art definitely became a symbol of the hype beast culture. Having pieces of his art definitely helped signify to people which kind of cultural movement you're affiliated with. Now this level of recognition and notoriety, so having your art become a symbol of a whole group is not super achievable to the average creator, but that doesn't mean that you can't create work that will be celebrated and adopted by certain groups of people. It's just worth understanding the stylistic and aesthetic preferences of that group that you want to be creating for and make sure that everything that you do and create is in alignment with that. Besides the stylistic approach, another way to cater to specific groups of people is through sharing a unifying message or purpose. And once again, this connects to some of what I said before, but having a specific, clear agenda and message. Let's say, for example, that you create art that promotes veganism or celebrates some sort of fandom. Buyers are going to be drawn to your art because they may have this underlying desire to connect with other like-minded people. It's their way of broadcasting who they are Uh, whether it's art hanging on their wall, a printed t-shirt or a mug to take to work, people use art to tell others who they are in an attempt to connect, find common ground and form their communities. Okay, so that about wraps up my take on the underlying reasons and motivators that people like to buy art. So to sum that up, we have our emotional benefits, the social impact and patronage, value potential, So that's the return on investment, identity and status, as well as the social aspects that can individually or collectively contribute to the decision making process of the buyer. Now, I have to say that I personally think that in our art practices, we should be prioritizing ourselves, what we enjoy creating, what medium we prefer, what platforms or selling platforms we want to be a part of, if any. I think that art is a very delicate thing that is fueled by creativity and passion. And so once you start feeling like you need to be creating something or that you have to be creating a certain kind of work, this is when all the magic starts to get drained. That's all to say that I think that you as an artist need to first and foremost consider what kind of art you love and want to be creating. And as a secondary layer, consider the buyer or consumer. That's when you can dive in and start to do some of the fun work of uncovering who they are and what they are looking for when it comes to buying and consuming art. One good way to do this is to take a look at people who are already supporting or perhaps even buying your art. Thinking back to everything we talked about in this episode, start to delve into their motivations. Why do you think they are buying your art or at least or at least art that is like yours? Is it to memorialize their love for something? Is it because... Is it because they support a cause that you're affiliated with? Try and pinpoint the exact reason or better yet, just ask them. I know that a lot of you will hear this and brush it off as something you would never do, but this can actually be a game changer. User testing is something that high-paid consultants do in order to help big clients innovate and improve to better serve their customers. And it's as simple as having an open and honest conversation with someone that you've pinpointed as your ideal customer. These chats can be so revealing, and you may learn that people love your art but would prefer to see it on merch, printed on clothing rather than something that they would hang on their walls, or that they would love if you created a collectible series of NFTs. I mean, who knows, you might hear something that really surprises you if you're able to step a little outside of your comfort zone and connect with your ideal customer. So once you're fully clear on what kind of art you're creating and who you are really creating for, you can start to understand your best venue for selling. So whether it's um, an NFT market, an IRL gallery, Society6, a market stall, creative market, or Etsy. this is so important sometimes i think that people first decide where they want to sell and then they try to retrofit their art for that platform and it just creates such a strong disconnect that is all to say that i think that there needs to be an intentional and strategic approach and effort when it comes to selling your art all right so that's it for today's episode in which we talked about the ins and outs of selling your art If this episode has helped you in any way or inspired you to action, let me know. Tag me or DM me at Natasha on TikTok or Instagram. That's spelled N-A-T-A-S-Z-K-O. And just a gentle reminder, I would love it if you rated and reviewed the Self-Taught Illustrator. Be sure to tune in next time for more illustration tips, tricks, and nuggets of wisdom. So until next time, bye for now.